Hey, 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 everybody. What is up? So, hey, my name is Pastor Matt Keller, and I am the founding and lead pastor of Next Level Church in Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, Florida, to be exact. And my wife, Sarah, and I started our church 18 and a half years ago. We moved from the only home we had ever known in Indiana, about a thousand miles away with, with very little money and no clue what we were doing. And we moved to Southwest Florida with a big dream in our heart and no clue how to do it called Next Level Church. And God allowed us to start Next Level Church about eight, over, just over 18 years ago. And what an incredible ride it's been. And so about 10 years ago, God led us to begin to pour into other pastors and leaders across uh, the country and around the world. And that has become known as the Next Level Relational Network. And so church family, I want you to know that you're a part of that. Your pastors and your church are a part of what we call our Next Level Relational Network. And we are a family of churches all across North America now that, um, that exists to, to help pastors and churches just like yours to be more uh, highly effective in terms of making a high impact in your city and leading a healthy church. We call it healthy and high impact. So I want you to know something, church. We love you. We love your pastors. They're incredible. And Sarah and I just think the world of them and, and they truly are something special, aren't they? Come on, right now, right where you're at, give it up for your pastors. Yeah, come on. We love your pastors. And so church family, here's what I want to say to you this weekend. I believe God has spoken to me a word and your pastors have invited me to be able to share that word with you this weekend. So I'm going to ask you to open your hearts as we look into the scripture of what God wants to say to us today. So I'm reminded of a story uh, in the Old Testament about David who was King David, and it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 5. And so here's what I want to do, church family. I want to, I want to read the whole story to us, then I want us to pray, and, and then I want to preach for a couple of minutes. Sound good? So let's read it together. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 says this, All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. So they, they, all the tribes come to David at a city called Hebron. We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, verse 2, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. Verse 3, when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. This is so important. Watch verse four. David was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah, only a small portion of the nation, for seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah, everybody, for 33 years. So from right here, watch this, starting in verse six, it tells us how they got from Hebron to Jerusalem. In other words, how they moved the capital, how they moved the headquarters of the entire nation. Now that David is not just over one little part of it, Hebron, now how do they get there? Look at verse six. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. 
They thought David cannot get in here. Verse 7, nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. So he renames it after himself. He says, this is my city. I'll talk about that in a second. Verse 8, on that day, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say, so this, is, this became a mantra in their culture, the blind and lame will not enter the palace. Verse 9 and 10. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for these moments that we share. Lord, would you use me? as a pastoral voice of influence to these churches, to our pastors. Father, would you speak through me today? Lord, would you let this word come alive in our hearts? Would you change us individually and as churches collectively? I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So church family, here's what I want you to understand today. Ready? Everybody wants Jerusalem, but most people stop in Hebron. Everybody wants Jerusalem. But most people stop in Hebron. Let me make it more personal. Every church wants a Jerusalem kind of church, but most churches stop in Hebron. And church family, here's what I want you to understand this weekend. David could have settled in Hebron. He had a good thing going. He, he had people. He had the, the tribe of Judah. He had influence. He had seen his influence grow, and he had a few staff. They were making a decent impact in their city. They had a place. It was Hebron. It was a decent city. They had good schools, convenient gas stations. Target was around the corner, right? They were doing all right. They had the set up and tear down thing going on. Everybody was happy. Things were good. David had peace. He had, he had the systems down. David was living a good enough life in Hebron. But something inside of him told him that there is more. Something inside of him said, I'm not just called to Hebron. I'm not just called to the tribe of Judah. I'm called to everybody. I'm called to Jerusalem. I'm called to lead the entire nation church, you could, you could say that Hebron was the establishing work, right? They were seven and a half years. They, 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 it's kind of like your church. They, they, they planted it and it got off the ground. It got moving. It, it, they got to get the thing growing and going. They got established. It's like your church. They, 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 they got some success under their belt. They were seeing life change, hearing stories of life change. They made the adjustments during COVID-19, right? They moved everything online, and ultimately we are settled. That's how you feel, perhaps. You look around and you're like, I love our church. We got a good thing going. This is good. This is awesome. This is great. This was the establishing years. But church, here's what I want you to understand this weekend. There comes a point in all of our lives where the Lord says, it's time to go. 
There comes a point in all of our lives as followers of Jesus where we have to be willing to step out in faith into the unknown, where we have to crank it up, where we have to make a decision that we are going to take Jerusalem. Come on, somebody, wherever you're at, say, I'm going to take Jerusalem. I'm going to take Jerusalem. Listen, here, family, here's what I want you to understand. There is a Jerusalem that God has for your church and for each and every one of you, but it's going to require you not settling David could have settled in Hebron and he'd have had a good enough life. But he didn't settle. He went to Jerusalem instead of staying comfortable in Hebron. In church, I believe God has called you to your Jerusalem and it's coming soon for you as your church and for you as individuals as well. So in our remaining few minutes together this weekend, I wanna talk to you about three thoughts on taking Jerusalem, three thoughts on what it means for all of us in our lives to take Jerusalem. And here's thought number one. Number one, we have to attack it. If we're gonna take Jerusalem, then number one, we have to attack it. Plain and simple, if we're gonna take it, we gotta attack it. Look at verse six again. It says, the king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack not to saunter in, not to wander in, no, 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 to attack the Jebusites, the enemy who lived there. Family, here's what I want you to understand this weekend. It takes an offensive attack. It takes an offensive strike like you've never experienced before to push back the gates of hell over your city. This is your city. You know that, right? I love the audacity, the boldness the, the God confidence in David that when he gets to Jerusalem, he says, you know what? We're, we're not even going to call it Jerusalem. We're going to call it the city of David because this is my city. This is my city. And church, here's the deal. It's your city. It's time to go take it. It's time to say, God, we're tired of depression. God, we're tired of, of drugs and divorce and, and pain and heartache and addiction running rampant through our city. We're tired of violence. We're tired of those things. We, this is our city. This is the city of our church, and we're going to take it. So church, I want to encourage you this weekend. Pastor, I want to encourage you to, to start to change your thinking about your city. This is not just any city. This is the city God called you to, and it's time to take it. I know for us, Sarah and I, we moved to Southwest Florida to start Next Level Church about 18 and a half years ago. It was January of 2002. And in January of 2002, we moved from the only home we had ever known in Northeast Indiana and I remember thinking to myself for the first year or so of being in Fort Myers, we worked a secular job for several months and just tried to get the church off the ground and pay the bills and figure out what we were doing, get established as we talked about. And I remember God speaking to me very, very clearly because I, I struggled I, with insecurity. I'm like, God, what, what does a, a kid from, you know, Indiana have to offer Southwest Florida? Well, I don't know anything about the beach. I don't know anything about this culture in Southwest Florida. I don't know anything about the South. I don't know anything about any of this. And I remember the Lord said, hey, Matt, what don't you have to offer? You're my servant. I've called you here. I've anointed you. I have put this in your, in, you in this city because this is your city. And I want you to change this region of Southwest Florida for eternity. And can I just tell you, church family, when that reality hit me, everything changed. Everything changed for me. Because suddenly I stopped seeing myself as a foreigner of the city and I started to see myself as a resident of the city. And can I just tell you, that's where you're at. The work is established. God has established a great work in your church, but there's more. And if we're gonna take the city, we gotta attack it. We gotta get aggressive with it. Here's number two. 
Here's number two. What is it? How do we take our Jerusalem? Number two, we have to deal with our past. First of all, we have to attack it. But number two, you got to know we have to deal with our past. Look at verse six again. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and lame can ward you off. They thought David really couldn't get in here. So what's going on here? Here's what's happening. This reference to them calling David blind and lame was a direct shot at David's past because Isaac was blind and Jacob was lame. And so when they look at David, they say, they're essentially saying to you, you really think you can get in here? I mean, your dad was a cripple and your grandpa was a drunk. That's essentially what they're saying. They're essentially calling out not just David as a weakling. They're basically going, your whole bloodline's messed up, man. Your whole, your whole past is jacked up. Who do you think you are? You really think you can hobble in here on your crutches and with your eyes blinded and win against us? They were calling out David's past. They were saying, David, you can't win because of your past. And church family, here's what I believe. I believe this weekend, right now, even as I'm talking about this, some of you seated right where you are listening to me, this is you. You're thinking about decisions you've made in your past. You're thinking about mistakes you've made in your past. You're thinking about excuses you've made in your past. You're thinking about your bloodline and where you come from. And, and you're the first Christian in your family for some of you. And others of you, you've, you've, you've made decisions and you're looking at yourself going, I don't think God could ever use me. I'm not sure I could ever uh, get all of my Jerusalem that God wants me to have because of my past. Can I tell you something? Nothing is further from the truth. If you're gonna take your Jerusalem, then guess what? You gotta deal with your past. This was me. For so many years, the devil just, just tossed me around and knocked me around with insecurity. And I look at decisions I had made in the past and addictions and thought habits and, and thought processes and that just the devil was just having a heyday. And can I just tell you, over the last three years, Jesus has done such a deep work in me. He has set me free. And things I never thought I could get free from, Jesus has set me free from. And guess what? I am free, and I'm walking in my Jerusalem, and I'm living in it. You know why? Because I've made a decision through the grace and the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to let my past hold me back ever again. And church family, I say to you today, I challenge you today as a pastor of your pastors, I challenge you, it's time to let your past go. Well, Pastor Matt, how do I know what I should deal with in, in my past? How, how do I, how do, here's, here's, here's how we like to say it. We like to say this, we have to deal with our past to the degree that our past is dealing with our present and future. You gotta deal with your past to the degree that your past is messing with you. And so some of you, if, if, those, if those lies are, are just running through your head, what's the soundtrack going through your head right now? Guess what? God wants you to deal with that, those lies from the past, those fears in the past. Some of you, you are literally paralyzed in fear, and it's because of irrational things that happened 20, 30 years ago in your past. And God would say to you today, son, daughter, it's time to, for, to be free. I have a Jerusalem for you. I have so much more for you. But it'll never happen. You'll never get there if you're not willing to deal with your past. Church, I'm just telling you, your Jerusalem awaits. So it's time to deal with it. It's time to tell that soundtrack that's playing in your mind that says, you'll never be good enough. You'll never measure up. You'll never, hey, those are lies from the devil. And the devil's trying to use your blind and lame past to keep you from your awesome future. 
God's got a Jerusalem for you, church. He's got a Jerusalem, and God wants us to take it. So how do we take it? We attack it. We deal with our past. And then number three, we have to be willing to crawl through the gutters to get there. How do we take Jerusalem from this story? We have to be willing to crawl through the gutters to get there. Look at verse 8. On that day, the day that David and his men attacked, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites, here's the strategy, will have to use the water shaft. Everyone say water shaft. Water shaft. We'll have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. So he turns their insults back on them. He's like, you think I'm lame and blind? No, you're wrong. You're the lame and blind ones. I love that. But did you catch what he said? He said, anyone who takes it, like the strategy for us to take our Jerusalem, David said, is we're going to have to go through the water shafts. Now, of course, you and I read that and we think of like water slides, right? <laughs> like in a water park. That's not what they were. A water shaft actually means the sewers and gutters, which is kind of gross. But watch this. What David was saying was, hey team, if we're going to do this, if we're going to not settle in Hebron, but take our Jerusalem, we're going to have to be willing to crawl through some serious muck and crap to get there. We're going to have to be willing to crawl through some stuff in order to get there. And church family, listen, I just want to tell you as a pastor to your pastors, we got to deal with our present we got to deal with, with some of the crud, some of the, some of the, some of the, 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 the dirty laundry, the, the stuff in the trash, the, the stinky stuff in our present. We got to deal with it. Here's, here's what I wrote in my notes, and I want to say it this way to, to you this weekend. What we could tolerate and get away with in Hebron won't cut it in Jerusalem. Let me say that again. What you could tolerate and get away with in Hebron in the last season of your life won't cut it in the next season. Things that worked well in the past season of your life aren't going to work as well or at all in the next season of your life. And let me just say this, church. Listen, COVID has changed everything where our faith is concerned. This coronavirus season that, that we're walking through as a, as a world, it has changed everything. And, and so, so there are, what worked in the past won't work in our future. Things that we relied on in our past, we can't rely on anymore. Uh, weak and shallow faith. Some of us, you just had nominal faith in the past and it was good enough. Yeah, it was good enough in Hebron, but that, won't, that kind of weak and shallow faith won't work in Jerusalem. Secondhand faith that worked in your Hebron, your last season, secondhand faith isn't going to cut it in this new reality that we're living in where we need daily bread, where we need daily manna, we need daily words from the Lord. Convenient faith in, worked in Hebron. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go to church when it's convenient. No, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll log on when I can. I'll, I'll be in a small group if I can find the time. Guess what? Convenient faith in Hebron isn't going to work in a Jerusalem world. And you and I are taking our Jerusalem. God's got a Jerusalem for us. So let me ask you this. What's come up in your present that was good or good enough or worked in Hebron that the Holy Spirit right now, seated right where you are, is saying to you, hey, son, hey, daughter, it's not going to work anymore. You can't take that into the next season of your church. You can't take that into the next season of your life. You can't take that into the next season of your job or the next season of your marriage or the next season of your parenting. You can't take that to Jerusalem. We got to be willing to dig through the water shafts. One of the main reasons why people settle in Hebron is because they're unwilling to climb through the sewers and gutters to take Jerusalem. 
So David looks at his men and he says, guys, this is God's destiny. This is God's plan. This is God's next chapter. This is God's next season for us. So right now, we got to make a decision. We are willing to do anything to get to Jerusalem. Let's honor God. Church family, we have a choice today. And the choice is yours. And that choice is simple. Will we choose to settle in Hebron or will we take Jerusalem? Will we choose to settle in a world of, ah, eh, good enough, or will we obey God and step into our Jerusalem? I believe God is positioning your church. God's positioning you individually for something amazing in the next season of your life. But it won't happen. It can't happen in Hebron. The only way you reach your destiny is by going to your Jerusalem. God's got a Jerusalem for you. It's your city. Isn't it time to take it? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the churches of our Next Level Relational Network. I thank you, God, for their relationship, the family that we have with one another. And God, I thank you for these incredible pastors. God, would you bless our pastors today? God, would you strengthen them for the journey? Would you allow faith and courage and confidence to rise as they lead this incredible church into our next season? And Father, I pray for each and every one of these individuals as well. Lord, I pray for them today. God, you see the Jerusalem that you have for them. Lord, would you give us courage? Would you give us confidence to leave Hebron behind, to deal with those things in our past that need dealt with, to lay down those things in our present that can't go with us? Would you give us the courage to take it, to attack it, to go get the Jerusalem you've called us to. Now, Father, I pray blessing on your church. I pray blessing on these pastors. God, I love them so much. I bless this church today in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, amen.